0: Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. All that and more next on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. Hello, Buckeye Nation and welcome to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's about the only thing I can get out right now. um You know, once again, lost to Michigan this last weekend 30 uh, 24 in the big house. And I think everybody in Buckeye Nation is feeling about the same way. How about you, Mr. Davis?
1: It almost didn't seem real um it did feel off because i had to watch it by myself i know we watch this every year but you just had a baby like literally three days before the game so uh coming up to columbus and watching that game wasn't an option this year and i don't know we've we've had two babies in the last three years right around game time that has affected us watching the game and well, I, don't I would know. like
0: to make it clear at this point that neither one of us are ever reproducing
1: again. So this should. Never I think. Be yeah, an issue. we need we need to stop having kids. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and maybe we might change the luck, but yeah, man, I'll, I'll be honest. It, I think it's it does funny because seem... neither one of us has sex, but both of us
0: keep having kids. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm not commenting on that either. <laughs> not commenting on that. Um, it just seems surreal, man. It's. You know, I guess, you know, when you put it in broad terms, we haven't won since 2019. I understand what happened in 2020. We got ducked and all that. But, you know, it's not just three straight losses. It's, you know, it's the fashion that they've happened in. And, of course, it was a different scenario. And we're going to break some of that down and tell you, you know, some of the differences and maybe where we're at. But just as a broad feeling, man, like it ruins my year. Like I don't get over this until football's completely done. It makes me not want to listen to any football podcast. It makes me not want to watch any games. I mean, it completely yeah, you know why, ruins the rest of the season for me. And because I'm just, such I'm depressed, absurd... man. I'm just depressed.
0: Yeah. Because it's such an absurd, uh, 90 degree turn. It's like, a fork in the road and one way you have everything in front of you big 10 title national championship cfp all that stuff and one way you just have nothing you have the end it's
1: dead end, straight dead end
0: and like it's been like that for us for three years and that's hard now we snuck in last year by the skin of our teeth i get that i mean this year a lot more has to happen for us to get in and and to be honest i i mean i'm not even entertaining that at this point um but i'm just saying dude you know other than that though like this is what's happened man you lose to Michigan, you don't continue on. That's been that's been the tale of you know our our journey here the last three years. And I, dude, it just man, this year I just really thought it would be different, dude. I just there's so many things I'm disappointed in, which I'm sure we're gonna get into. But you know, I'm it's it's not like I want anybody fired. I don't want nobody. You know, I'm not cursing the players. I'm just I'm disappointed, man.
1: Well we'll get to that but let's let's start breaking this down a little bit so that way we can kind of get some perspective of what really happened and i think it's at least i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing but it's it's a, it's an interesting thing that we're recording on a wednesday evening normally we do this on a sunday evening sometimes even on a tuesday evening you know but we i've given this thing you know this is 4 or 5 days now to kind of sit on this and Listening to, and I'm trying to limit what I'm listening to, but I can't help myself. I'm a glutton for punishment. I kind of want to hear what other people have to say. And even based upon what the committee thought from yesterday's CFP reveal, apparently all of a sudden Oregon, who doesn't have a better win and has a worse loss, is somehow better than us. You know, it's just kind of like a double smack in the face. Like, we just gotten disrespected all the way around. And I'm sorry, but I'm fucking angry. I'm frustrated. I'm I'm depressed. I, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I want someone's head for this in a way. You know, like was this the blowout? It was the last two seasons, no, but this is still hurtful nonetheless, and this one seemed j- just as final, if not more final than the last two seasons, because obviously we still snuck back in last year, and two years ago was our second loss, and we knew that was going to be it anyways. But, you know, we had everything in front of us here, and I really honestly believed that Ryan Day would have learned his lesson from the last few years, and we got things fixed on defense, that even with a struggling common for the better part of this year, we still could have pulled this one out. But – I digress. That's not what happened, and here we are <laughs> doing the same damn episode that we've done ever since we started this podcast. We have yet to, since we started this damn thing, talk about an Ohio State Michigan win. So, I know it's just where do you where do you want to start? You want to start on offense or defense, man? Well, uh,
0: to be honest with you, I'd like to make a statement. Okay, and you and I kind of argued about this um, on the phone the other day, uh, right after the game. But the more time has gone on, the more I stand by it. Um, You know, Ohio State, the formula for Ohio State all year long has been excellent defense and possibly enough offense to get it done. Okay, it's not been, um, you know, that our offense really wins any games for us. Our defense has kept us in every single game other than games we should have blown people out based on talent alone. But so that's why, dude, as mu- as much as people are complaining about cord as much as people are complaining about Ryan Day and the, uh, you know, the soft nature in which he coaches the game and also some of the decisions that he made during the game, which which I agree with. I'm not saying that I still have to turn back a lot of this to the defense, dude. I do. And I'm sorry that you gave us all you could all year long. I agree that. But the formula for this team is not for the offense to bail us out. The formula of this team is for the defense to keep us in the game, and they did not. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, I'm sorry if that hurts some feelings out there. The defense did not keep us in the game. I'm sorry. They scored on almost every drive in the second half. Well, actually, every drive in the second half, and some before that, too. But my point is, dude— that has been the formula. If the formula all year long was that our offense was great and our defense was mediocre, then I wouldn't be mad at the defense. But that's not been what we're about. That's not the formula of this team. So the fact that the defense let us completely down in the second half, I feel like is a big factor. Yes, Kyle McCord comes into it. Yes, Ryan Day comes into it. Yes, some of the calls that we got come into it as well. But to me, dude, I'm most disappointed in the defense.
1: Um, I, I'm not I disagree to an extent. Um I think the defense played okay. Um Wait, not in the second half. Hold hold on, let me get there. Um overall as a whole, it was a better showing defensively than the last 2 years, okay? However, compared to what we saw this year and what the expectations were, I do feel like this is the worst game Ohio State's defense did play. Now they still got some key stops when they needed to. Um, at least uh, keeping seven off the board. But you are right. The the glaring issue here, not just in this game, but in the last three years, has been the second half. I'm going to read you off some some numbers here, Chad, and I want you to kind of react to this. And th- you know, you kind of tied this in perfectly, so I'm going to bring it up now. Uh, the first stat I want to tell you is that in the last three years, in this game. In the second half, Michigan has punted one time. In the last three years combined in the second half, they've punted one time. Okay? Yeah. If you want to look at 2021, after the first half, we're trailing 13 to 14, right? Right there. We get outscored 14 to 28 in the second half. Let's look at 2022. We're leading 20 to 17 at the half. We get outscored 28 to 3. In the second half. And in 2023, this year, we're trailing 10 to 14 to the half, which is our worst first half performance, even though the defense I feel like played better than the first couple years in the first half. And we still got beat 16 to 14 in the second half. Again, only one punt in the last three years in the second half. So the second half is normally where we have seen Ryan Day make adjustments. And be better in almost every other game. However, in this game is the game that's flip-flop. He starts out better, keeps the game close in the first half, and then gets blown out in the second half. Now, we didn't get blown out in this game, but you're right. When we finally needed the defense to show up, when we got that game 24-27 to with eight minutes to go, we needed a stop. And not only did we not get a stop, we let them bleed seven minutes off the clock and still got a field goal, which forced us to score a touchdown with one minute left with no timeouts. And I'm sorry, yeah. but with a quarterback like Kyle McCord, which we'll get into in, uh, here in a minute, that was going to be a recipe for disaster. I understand he might have pulled that off against Notre Dame and got lucky because he should have thrown a pick in that last drive in the Notre Dame game, if you remember. But it came yeah. to fruition in this game. He threw that pick. But do you He's remember what not we the said guy. coming
0: into this game? We said coming into this game, at least I did, and I think you agreed too, I said all those picks that he should have thrown are going to be picks versus these upper echelon teams, and that's what happened.
1: Yeah. So based upon those stats that I read you there, and I don't know how much aware you were of what I just said, what does that kind of tell you um, from the last three years? Because obviously the result was – even though the same ultimate result this year, it was still a winnable game. And it was a game that we still feel like we probably should have won based upon a few key plays because we outgained them in almost every statistical category with exception of three things. Their fourth down conversion, um, turnovers, and most importantly points on the board And and rushing yards, but we outgained them in total yards and passing yards and first downs and third down conversions, you know, Oh Yeah, but they it, won the turnover battle. And- exactly, exactly. So, you know, th- th- this year was a little different, and I don't know how much you want to put into account the cheating scandal of the last two years, how much that had into account with CJ Stroud couldn't get anywhere within, you know, you know, a single score of this game. And as bad as Kyle McCord was in the turnovers, we only lost by six. So what is that saying when uh, everyone even... Uh, you know, assume that this is the best Michigan team that they, that they've had, but yet just it's the worst offensive team Ohio State's had. And yet we still only lost by six on the road, but how did we lose by double digits the last two years with CJ Stroud? You know, like that there's an interesting, well,
0: you, you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah, I do. But I'm saying, I, I think we don't adjust well. Number one, I think we play way too conservative each year and that's on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, we really didn't put any pressure on JJ McCarthy all day
1: long. Um, And I thought I thought that would be a key. And we just didn't do it. Okay, well, you bring up something interesting and it's not every year that we've been conservative. Offensively, I'll agree. Offensively, it seems like Ryan Day just plays a very vanilla offense. You don't see anything while Michigan's going into the bag of tricks and pulling out trick plays and going on forward on fourth down and doing everything they can to win that game. Offensively, I completely agree with you. Now, last year, we played aggressive defensively and it bit us in the ass five different times. So, what I think happened was even though we were never that team that really got teams off schedule and got a ton of sacks and a ton of, ta- you know, tackles for loss this year, uh, we kept everything in front of us. We still played very vanilla on defense this year. And I think ultimately Jim Knowles Maybe you know thinking too much about what happened last year about getting beat you know on those big plays. Great, we only we we kept everyone the entire season. Only one play went over forty yards, on a single play all year, and it was a fumble ruski against Rutgers. However. In a game like this, you have to take chances. I was going to say, well, that just plays
0: into what I said. We've been conservative on both sides of the ball.
1: Well, but but I'm saying the reason why Jim Knowles was so conservative this year is because of the big play issues from last year. Well, and I think he, of the reason, and I think he went way conservative. Right, he went way too conservative. Well, that's and when I'm you saying. needed that stop, when you needed that turnover, when you needed that sack, when you needed that tackle for loss, especially in the fourth quarter, we couldn't get it. And even with all of that, we still had an opportunity to win the game at the 35-yard line with 34 seconds left to go.
0: Still, I got something to say, dude. It's been burning into my chest for days. That's called acid reflux. You're 40 It is. It is. It's called being 40 (laughs) and shit coming back up that ain't supposed to. But um, I'm not 100% sure, dude, that Ryan Day takes this rivalry like he should.
1: Ding, 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 ding. ding. We I have dude, a winner. I'm telling you, dude.
0: So how do you do th- – this is the part that, you know, kills me, dude. So Michigan's – who? what's his name? Sherrod Brown? Is that what it is?
1: Sherrod uh, Moore.
0: He, Sherrod Moore. That's right. Um, dude, he came out. I'm sorry to give him the kudos, but he did. He coached his ass off.
1: Yes, he, he did. He outcoached day.
0: He outcoached 100% day. 100% he did. How can you let that happen? How can you let that happen after what has happened? I don't understand. To me, you go out there, dude, in this game, and you leave that shit on the field. Every ounce of you, you leave it on the field. You leave no play unturned. You leave no – dude, you should be – I would rather have players being kicked out for late hits and you know than I would what we saw on Saturday, man. It's ridiculous, and it just makes me feel like he's not coaching the game correctly. When you looked at Michigan on Saturday, I saw a team that was hungry. I saw a team that wanted to kick the shit out of us. They did. Now, they didn't kick the shit out of us, but they sure wanted it, and I could tell from the coach. I could tell from the players, and I knew the moment that that offensive lineman went down, I was like, we're in trouble because this team, they were so upset by that. I was like, they're going to play their ass off to try to hand it to us, and they did. That's what I'm saying, dude, and I just don't feel that from uh, from Ohio State, and Ryan Day, I don't. I don't know if he gets it. I don't know if he's really saying whether he just goes through the motions and says whatever he can you know, on camera to appease the audience. But what is he really doing behind closed doors? I really like to
1: know because so, to me, dude, he doesn't seem like he's that kind of guy. Right. So, OK, so a lot of people keep coming back to why can't we get the Ryan Day from the Georgia game? And the reason why is the Georgia game, you're almost playing with house money. You snuck into the CFP. You weren't expected to be there. You're not expected to win that game. And if you don't win that game, people are pretty much going to understand for the most part, right? However, he does understand that Michigan is a different game, just in regards to he understands from what he hears and the pressure he feels. However, he doesn't feel that rivalry, as in someone that is from Ohio and fully is, you know, this has been built into your childhood and your culture and growing up, this is what you live and breathe. So he tightens up in these games for sure. And once he lost that first one, it started getting into his head and he is not the same coach. He almost out coaches himself and makes horrible calls. And, you know, uh, last year, should he been more conservative? Yes, probably in a few spots. And that would have helped us out this year. Should he have been more aggressive? Yes, but he went conservative this year. It's like he talks himself out of the right thing to do. And he's just not being natural Ryan Day in these games. I want to read and you brought up that, you know, you brought up the Ryan Day issue here. So let's go ahead and get into this crucial stat that I think is at the root of all of this. Now, we haven't touched on Common yet. We'll get there. But I think this is at the root of it all. Let's take the last three major coaches for Ohio State that were real Ohio guys. I'm talking Woody, Trestle, and Urban. Would you agree? Yeah. You might be able to include Earl Bruce in that, but I'm not going to include him in this stat, even though Earl Bruce still had a winning record. He was 5-4 and four against Michigan. Urban 7-0, and o, Trestle 9-1, and one, Woody 16-11-1. For a combined record of the Ohio guys, the Ohio coaches, understanding this rivalry, hating the other team, Legitimately, personally hating the other team and understanding the gravity of the rivalry, they are a combined 32 12 and 1 for a 72% win percentage. Now, let's take the last couple coaches, very successful, but are not Ohio guys. Didn't grow up with this stuff, don't understand it the way we do. Ryan Day and John Cooper. They are a combined 3 13 and 1 for a 19% win percentage. What does that tell you right there? If you are not from Ohio or understand fully understand the Ohio the gravity of this rivalry deep in your core, then you don't get it. And there's no and you can't fake it. Ryan Day says all the right things, but he doesn't get it. He well, doesn't I'm trying get to say. it. I think
0: at this point, dude. And you know what's funny is I've been I've kind of had the wool pulled over my eyes as well because, dude, I believe in what he says. You know, I've been taught to do that. You know what I mean? Like Ryan Day says we're preparing, you know, we're preparing 365 days to play Michigan. Then I believe that. But I don't think that's true.
1: And they may be, but there's a different thing than saying it and going through the motions and actually feeling it and believing it. Feeling it and believing it. And – And and the other thing, too, I mean, some people won't even have the argument back in the day. You know, most of Ohio State's players were from Ohio in the Midwest. You didn't really nationally recruit players up until probably later in Jim Trestle's years and especially Urban's years. Right. Is more nationally relevant. And now we're at the point where I'd say half the roster, if not more, is not even from Ohio. And that didn't used to be that way. And that's a little bit of a factor. But what you do at that point is it is upon the head coaches to instill that rivalry and what it means and the culture in the locker room to play out of your damn minds in that game that it means something. I mean, think of all the past years where we can remember key moments in these games you know, not just because we won, but, you know, like, you know, the, the fight with uh Willis or Wilson or whatever his name was. And Michael Hall giving the double middle fingers and, you know, yeah, you, the JT you know Barrett spot like. and like all these other critical things that were just so whatever. And then the last three years, what, what from Ohio State has sparked anything? Nothing. It's like this. OK,
0: so let's put it like this. Say your kid plays soccer. Now, you could give a rat's ass about soccer, but they're playing for the championship and you know how much it means to them. So you show up and you show out for your kid. That's what we all do as parents, right? Well, that's what Ryan Day and Ohio State need to do for the city of Columbus and Buckeye Nation. That's what they need to do. I don't give a shit if you're from California, Texas, Maine, or Guam. I don't give a shit. You played, you chose to come here to Ohio State, you know what it means. Whether or not you feel it or not, you need to go out there and give every freaking thing you have in that game every year. That's for the city that you represent every year. And I will – and I I swear to God, I will tolerate nothing less ever, ever. So I'm sorry to say this, dude. A lot of people are going to you know, clown me for this or whatever, but, dude, give me Urban Meyer back today. I don't give a shit, and I don't care that Ryan Day only loses one game. I don't care. I told you before this year – whether we won or the national championship or a big 10 title I didn't give a shit it was about beating michigan and we didn't do that so for me I'm done
1: I don't care so before we get into Ryan Day again because I know we're going to go down that path and that's fine it's warranted um I want to get into Commaccord and Dude, you've been getting into a lot of guys <sighs> I don't have a rebuttal. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, you told me we were going to get into quite a few people. on <laughs> I said, we're going to get into, so I'm not alone in this. We're both getting into it. I'm just saying, I'm getting a little bit shaky on the verbiage here. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be... Again, I, I have no rebuttal for any of that. So, but Kyle McCord, the I'll be honest I came into this game hopeful, but I'll be perfectly honest. I was not surprised at all. This is the same thing that we've seen for the entirety of the year. My personal opinion is that he's not improved hardly at all from the beginning of the year. Um, He is still the same quarterback that 75% of the time he can throw a good ball, and every once in a while he throws a dime. But 25, 30 percent of the time, it's super inaccurate and turnover worthy. And he's a statue. He has no pocket presence. He's the first receiver. Hate to interrupt you, but just just remember this. How many balls this year
0: were thrown just in the general direction of Marvin Harrison, Jr., knowing that he could make a play and he made one? That's going to be gone. Well, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean. So I'd just like to throw that out there because most of his complete, a lot of his completion rate, you know, was due to the fact that Marvin Harrison Jr. is a man amongst boys.
1: Yeah, because, uh, you know, on a side note, America Buka has been completely disappointing this year. Now, I understand he was hurt and injured, but he was nobody. And our third option will rotate between Julian Fleming and a true freshman in Cornell Tate. And even they didn't get a ton of numbers. So pretty much all the passing yards with actually Cade Stover was the only reliable option we had besides him. But I, I mean I agree. But to me it didn't come as a surprise. And this is this has been a similar complaint of ours for the entirety of the season. And we talked about it after um, the Minnesota game and the Michigan State game, saying you know this is going to be some fool's gold here. These teams are so bad that Kyle McCord's going to look better, but it's not going to be true Kyle McCord because. When he played the tougher games, we're talking Wisconsin, we're talking Penn State, we're talking uh, Notre Dame, he did not have good numbers. He threw turnover-worthy passes, and of those, a lot of them weren't being turnovers until a crucial moment when you play a good enough team like Michigan, where they actually come back to bite you. Because we lost by six points in that game, and we gifted them seven points right off the rip. So after that interception, we actually still beat them by a point the rest of the game, and that was with a missed field goal. So Kyle McCord to me has I've seen enough now through the entirety of the year that he should never start at Ohio State again, in my opinion. Um but I'm he not will. gonna say that I'm not gonna say that he can't get better, but in my opinion, knowing the weapons we had around us and everything else. Uh talent alone can only get us so much, but to get where we need to go, Comic Accord's not the answer. And So let me
0: ask you this right now, because I asked this question earlier today and I want to hear your response to it. You're Ryan Day right now. Take everything into account. Take into account you know, I wouldn't say that he's on a hot seat, but I would say that uh, some changes have to be made immediately. Okay. At this point in his career. So you know that right. You know you have another year of Cal McCord there. You know who you've got coming in. And you know that there's a transfer portal. What is your move for next
1: year? Transfer portal.
0: You're going to go to the sure. portal and pull in a. And, uh,
1: and, and you go hard at the transfer portal. You offer what you have to offer. There's going to be. A plethora of options. And now, you, do you cannot think that sit that around screw? and wait. Do you think that I could give a shit your... less. I could care less. And to be perfectly honest with you, if you screw some stuff up by bringing someone in, good. Screw them. If they don't want to compete, get out. That's where I'm at now. Because you need to bring someone in. I don't care who's in a room. I don't even care if we have Justin Fields in that room. If Justin Fields lost this game, I would bring in someone and spark something in that in that room. Whether or not that person that we brought in as a transfer is going to win the starting job Best believe we brought him in to win the starting job. And if you don't want him to take that job, you better improve your play. We, we cannot just stick with Devin Brown and Kyle McCord and then, and Lincoln kind and then hope that Aaron and a true freshman is going to magically come in and just fix everything. This room needs to be shaken up. And I think we need to go hard at the transfer portal and bring someone in. I'm not going to say that whoever we bring in will be the starter next year, but it needs to be shaken up. And, Enough of this good old boy. Like you've been in the system for this long, and we owe something to you, crap. We don't. You don't owe anything to these players. Nothing, dude. I don't been in care. The three you years, don't owe so. anything to them. Yeah. Bring, you, you know what I mean. You, you need to it. do what is best for the program. Bring someone in that is a proven commodity, and make someone earn that job legit. Yeah. Well, here's That's what we where have. I'm at.
0: Right. I would say, you know, other than the Michigan game, okay, which I have my opinions about, like we discussed, other than the Michigan game, I'd say we've had probably one of the best defenses that we've had in the last five years. Would
1: you agree with that this year? Since, since 2019, and I'm, we compared to 2019, but 2019 was different because we had Chase Young, and, he blew, and we had um, Jordan Fuller, and we had uh, Okuda. I mean, we had a lot of really, really right. you, good but, but agree, NFL though, talent that on that it, team. That's an, a pretty elite defense this year. Absolutely. I think For that defense that defense should have won a national title this year. Okay, should so have. you
0: know that, by the way, on top of that, we've had elite talent around Kyle McCord as far as skill position players goes.
1: Absolutely. Would you agree with that? A deep running back room, really good wide receivers, which in my opinion, did not play well at all this year, but I don't know how much that was common McCord and how much I think it was a combination to that. But, but yes, I th- I think the talent. I mean, that even arguably, goes to show you. That even goes to show you. Let me let me prove this point because you're right. Well, you won't even let me get to my point. Well, I know, but let me let me prove <laughs> this point here is that you're talking about okay, all of this defense, and even though we didn't play well in the game. And all of our talent around the offense and as bad as Comic Core played and as good of a Michigan team as it's ever been at Michigan, with them playing a perfect game plan, playing aggressive, not making mistakes, we still only lost by six. What does that tell you? That tells you, in my opinion, and I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion, that we actually were overall, with the exception of play calling – in my opinion head coaching getting in his own way and quarterback play the better team but those two things kept held us back because we made a mountain of mistakes and Michigan played almost a perfect game at their own place and only one by six and we had a chance to win it at the end so that tells me that everything was there that we needed Ryan Day just couldn't get out of his own way and Kyle McCord is not the answer See, I, I just think it I, I just think this.
0: You know, if I'm Ryan Day, because what I was getting to by by getting you to affirm that what I was talking about about a you know a top five defense in the last couple of years or well, top defense in the last five years and the weapons around Kyle McCord was that dude, think about where we were. Like we talked about. Think if we had, if we'd had freaking Bo Nix this year or somebody like that. You know what I mean? Like It would have been insane with all the weapons that we had.
1: Well, so hell, I'm not is, dude, even that high on J.J. McCarthy. What if we had him because Ryan Day had to pick between him, and he chose Comic McCord over J.J.? Now, dude, now let me let me say this,
0: and I hate to say this, but J.J. McCarthy got it done Saturday. Now, he, he wasn't Superman, but I'll tell you this much right now. He made some plays Saturday. He, he also was, Yeah, and,
1: and that's the thing. He didn't have to blow us up. He wasn't asked to do that much. He was asked to do enough, and he executed what he was asked to do.
0: 100%. And he made a few plays, dude. He made a couple cross the field throws and some on the run throws that I didn't think he could make, but he did.
1: Yeah. And
0: I'll give him that. But, uh, you know, my point is this, dude. We were at the ceiling on defense and offensive weapons this year. We're going to lose a lot. We're going to re- regenerate. You know what I mean? And Michigan's losing a ton, but that's for another day. But my point is if we couldn't get it done this year, if this was not a national title team this year with that, it's not one next year. And to me, th- that's the year of reckoning for Ryan Day. Ryan Day better throw all the shit against the window and see what sticks next
1: year, bud. All of it. Yeah, so let me even ask you this question, because I know, and it's it's been well documented, your displeasure for JT Barrett. But how yeah. much would you have loved to have JT Barrett in this game? Not at all. That's a lie. That's I don't even a stone want to ever cold lie. Never
0: again, dude. I,
1: I. JT Barrett, JT Barrett in this game wins this game by 10.
0: Uh, dude, if he is at, I don't care where he is. Say he's in a casino right now. I hope to God that out of nowhere a, a curb forms and he stubs his toe on it.
1: <laughs> Fuck JT Barrett. You know, if I held a gun to your head and you actually, you know, as God is our witness, honestly meant that. I feel like you change your tune because I think you're putting on a show. I know you have a page for, for JT Barrett. I hate JT Barrett, but I would I take him. him a million times out of a million over Kyle McCord, because even though I think Kyle has better passing ability, now I would take him over J- his consistency I would take him over is Braxton not that. Miller. OK, shut your mouth right now. First of all, anyone that's listening, <laughs> finally, if they didn't sign off listening, they did now, because that is the most <laughs> asinine bullcrap I've ever heard in my life. That one's for you. Well, it may be for me, but don't you ever badmouth Braston Miller again. (laughs) Listen, I've kept Terrell Pryor's name out of my mouth up to this point. Don't make me bring him into this. (laughs) But I think it's just such a weird dynamic because we know this defense was good enough. They didn't play a great game, but overall, as a defense, we know they're good enough to win a national title this year. Dude, I
0: was pretty. The offense
1: has the parts, they just didn't have the play caller. And they didn't have the quarterback to execute at a high enough level, and we made way too many mistakes in this game, and it was still a razor-thin margin that we lost by, essentially. It came down to to the last few seconds.
0: I was pretty disappointed in Sonny Styles on Saturday. Dude, he was caught out of position a lot of times.
1: And, and I don't I don't blame him because they asked him to kind of take over Lathan Ransom's role. And that's not the role he played most of the year. I understand that he has the ability to move around and play different roles, which is great, because you know, he he definitely has a bigger body than uh, you know, like a Lathan Ransom, that free safety position, but he was playing a little bit out of position. And I can't fully blame him. And he's young. That's his first Michigan game, at least as a starter. So I can't fully blame him, but you are right. Not having Lathan Ransom and, and him in a, in, a, in a few particular spots, uh, Sonny Styles missed. He took a bad angle on uh, the quorum touchdown right after uh, you know the, the injury, injury. To, to yeah to to Michigan's uh, O lineman, and you know that that put a damper in things. I mean, that's the thing. If you really want to think about these last three years, especially this year. Tell me how many times Michigan made mistakes in None. that game. Zero. And tell me how many times Ohio State made mistakes the last 3 years. I'm talking penalties, uh, stupid penalties, I'm talking turnovers, I'm talking not executing in the red zone, I'm talking missed field goals. Um everything. So right now gun to your head because I I said
0: this the other day and somebody was like, "No." But I'll I'm tell serious. you the truth. I'll tell you the, the truth. I That's me whatever. It. At any point during this game on Saturday Did you feel like we were in control?
1: Absolutely not. No, the entire game, 17, 17, I didn't feel that way. No, the entire game. Uh, I didn't feel like we were in control ever. And I didn't feel like, obviously not in control. You're feeling out, you know, we both have two drives that result in punts. You know, you're kind of feeling each other out. It's like a heavyweight fight. You're giving a few jabs, trying to find out where the opening is. And then boom, the first haymaker gets landed. Kyle throws an awful pass. That not only was it a horrible pass and he did not see, read the defense properly there, but Marv didn't even do anything to try to break that up. And then even after it was picked, he just kind of stood there and walked like it disgusted me a little bit to see that the effort out of Marv on that play, even though I yeah. won entirely his effort I mean, sucked. in. That play. But anyway,
0: obviously, just just like when you play defense, you're taught to play a little bit of offense, you're yeah. taught to play a little bit Listen, of defense I'm when you're on not,
1: offense. On Marv. Totally. But he's partially to blame for that. I'm not saying he even could have broken it up. It was so far led ahead of him. And, and Michigan's uh, CB like jumped that route so quickly that it was just it was a horrible play. But the lack of effort pissed me off. And yeah, anyways, you know, they land that first haymaker. And especially since that point, you know, we trailed or only went to tying the entire rest of the game. So at any point in time when Michigan had the ball, they were either in the lead or could take the lead. So, obviously, in any game situation like that, you're never going to feel confident. And that last drive, as I remember, is, you know, even though we had a chance with one minute left in Kyle McCord, I just, you know, as much as I try to be as optimistic and as hopeful hopeful as I could be, I was like, I don't see any way, judging by what I've seen from Kyle McCord this year, that he's going to pull this off. Sure, did it happen against Notre Dame? Yeah. But they also... Got some things to go their way, and it came down to a last second run at the goal line. Now, he's don't get me wrong, he still got us down to the 35 yard line with 30 some seconds left. So he partially did it, but he's just he, he's immobile, still makes bad decisions, throws the ball up sometimes. And at the end he of the day, throw the ball up when he's in trouble, he throws
0: ducks out yeah. in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, just dude. I'm sorry, man. Like, and you know what? I'm willing to bite this bullet. When CJ was here, I wanted to see Kyle. When CJ was struggling early in his career, I wanted to
1: see Kyle. That almost, sounds, felt like, that almost sounds blasphemous now when you say that, doesn't it?
0: Really it really is. Like, and I wanted, but I felt like even when we did get to see him, I didn't get to see enough of him to form an opinion. And I'm, I'm willing to say right here and now, I was wrong. I was wrong all day and twice on Sunday, dude. We have seen enough. He's not the guy. I'm sorry, dude. He's not the guy. And I'm just going to say this flat out. I don't give a shit if he's been in the system for 25 years. He's not the guy. And you know that. I would rather live and die by another freshman if Aaron Nolan comes in and he's like a, you know what I mean, a dual threat kind of guy, a Braxton Miller slash Justin Fields type guy. I'd rather live and die by his and mistake. then le-
1: and let him take his lumps early on. But then he's going to be establishing something good and you'll have him for three years. Exactly. Because next year is going to be a
0: young year for us anyways in skill position. So why not? You know what I mean? Why not go ahead and let him take his lumps? And then year two, year three, dude, we are in the green.
1: And then, you know I, mean? Mean, I mean, we're still sitting here. I mean, you know, we talked a lot about this and I know it was partially based on rumors. But even some of the things I saw on field, Devin Brown. Could still potentially earn this starting role.
0: Yeah. and Lincoln Kineholts
1: might have some to opportunities.
0: To now, Kineholts, I don't know, but Devin Brown, I'd be honest with you, dude. If Devin Brown isn't starting over Kyle McCord, he needs to go, because it has nothing to do. Like I said, Kineholts You're talking about in the upcoming
1: freshmen. bowl game. What's right? that? You're talking. You're talking about Devin Brown no, starting in the upcoming about bowl, in bowl
0: game at Ohio State. If
1: well, he's not going to know he's going to start. It's going to be another freaking battle. Why would oh, he, he stick around and wait for another battle? Go, go, especially when he didn't start. He,
0: needs well, to go. he didn't
1: get a fair shake at the beginning he of the year. We both can care. agree to that.
0: Shake the stick right on out of town, bud. He's gone. Go on.
1: See ya. All right. So let me ask you this then before. Uh, actually, I'll, I'm going to do this first. Let's go into Ryan day for a sec. And then we will finish before we talk again, about po-
0: another guy. Potential.
1: <laughs> get into. Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Apparently that's does. my saying today. <laughs> He said, let's get into Ryan Day a little bit. I was like, Jesus, another guy
1: Day." Let's get into this topic <laughs> about Ryan Day. Does that sound better? There you go. <laughs> Ryan Day. Um, where are you at with him for the near future? And I'll actually lead off first because I have always been more on his side than you have been this entire time. And even initially after the game, I was still probably more pro Ryan Day. I'm just like, you know, I had to let it settle. And I tough through going back and watching the game a second time to really try to, you know, see it again unbiasedly, even though I know it was going to happen. And just kind of take a step back. And since we haven't recorded for a few days. I've changed my tune on Ryan Day completely because there's this argument of thought. Ryan Day doesn't lose games he's not supposed to, you know, and that's happened under Trestle. That's happened under Urban Meyer. But Ryan Day doesn't do it. He beats every team he's supposed to for the most part. Um, He's only ever lost to ranked teams. However, he's one in five against top five teams and one in three now in the game. And I started asking myself, you know, what's more important? Even though we were completely frustrated with Urban Meyer when the Iowa game happened, when the Purdue game happened. But guess what we got out of Urban Meyer? We got a win against Alabama. We won a national title. We never lost to Michigan. And in that stretch of time, I can handle those oddball losses for the dog that is going to get the job done against big-time opponents in Michigan. And I think Ryan day is the opposite. I think the success and the numbers and everything looks great. It's almost kind of like Ryan day is like Kyle McCord as a coach. And I I know that's a really bold take that I'm making right now, but it's like the numbers are going to look good because at the end of the day, he's getting the job done against lesser opponents. But when it comes to the big time opponents, it's a choke job. And I didn't used to say that because Ryan day did at least beat Clemson. But Really, that's the only big-time game he's won, in my opinion. I don't think you can count these Penn State games because Penn State is a bunch of choke artists. And who else has he really beaten that's been an elite program? Even though he played really well and coached really well against Georgia, we still lost that game. He has one win against an elite program. One. I mean, I can't
0: disagree. I I cannot disagree
1: I've sat back and thought about this. Holy! And I try to take myself out of my feelings and just be unbiased. And he is Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma. He's Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma. Can't call Lincoln Riley USC because that's even worse. But he gets the job done against everyone he's supposed to. But in big time games, cannot get it done. So you mean and, he's more like Bob Stoops, Oklahoma. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, it's not an exact comparison, but But I'll tell you what, the main, the the main theme is I have changed my tune on Ryan day. And not only do I feel like he's on the hot seat, but if we do not get to the playoffs and we do not beat Michigan next year, he's gone. And I'll be perfectly honest. I don't care if we have to go into a little bit of a purgatory for a couple years after that. I've I have I I don't want to continue to witness these Michigan losses. I do not want to relive the nineties, man. I lived mean, the nineties, it was not pleasant.
0: Well, I agree. We still need to look at the situation we're in. Okay. You know, um, you know that Gene Smith's retiring here in six months. Okay, so he's yeah. not gonna fire Ryan Danis way out the door. He's not gonna do new it. New president. New president's new, coming new. in. Okay, so yeah. here's the point. I don't think Gene Smith's gonna fire him on the way out, and I don't think a new guy's gonna fire him on the way in.
1: Okay. I think the new guy has a lot more potential to fire him because the new guy didn't bring him in. He could, and it's going to be a new, it's going to be a new president and a new AD.
0: I understand that, but I just don't think that they'll be willing to make that major of a move right off the rip. So I just think, in my personal opinion, I still think no matter what the cost, Ryan Day probably has two years.
1: Well, listen, I, I just the, feel that way. The, the, This is just starting to be a repeat of John Cooper. Because John Cooper clearly had multiple teams that were national title teams that should have could have won a national title. That was my
0: whole childhood.
1: And losing to Michigan lost it for us every time. Yeah. And it is that same way. I mean, in the last three seasons, Chad, we've only lost one game in three seasons, not counting Michigan. And it was uh, Oregon three or two years ago. That's it. Think about it. I think that's about uh, as ideal as you can get. I'm talking out of all those games minus Michigan, we are what thirty two and one. See now, I think. But you can't get past the one team that is blockading us from everything we need. That is old saying that we this. used to talk about. What's more important, going eleven and one and losing to Michigan, or going one and eleven and beating Michigan? Yeah. Well, guess what? Exactly. Neither one's going to get you a national title, but guess which one's going to feel better? Yeah. Not having to listen to those dipshits from up north talk their shit all day long on Twitter and Facebook and messages and all this other crap having to listen to the stupid, nonsense bull crap of them bragging for another 364 days. Well, you know what's funny is
0: everybody wants to talk about the result of this game and stuff, but nobody wants to talk about the fact that Ryan Day truly got caught with his pants down this year, and that's the truth. He had CJ in the cupboard and he had nothing else. If you're going to be a quarterback guru, it's really hard to say that you have these two quarterbacks in the cupboard and that's who you're going to play. And neither one of them is worth a rat's ass. And why did not he go to, to the
1: portal after last season? He, now, he did. Known. Technically, he he brought in Tristan Gebbia from Washington State, which or Oregon way, State he saw
0: all of zero fucking minutes.
1: Well, and he was never supposed to, but he didn't even – I don't even feel like they brought him in to compete for a job. I just think they brought him in for depth. They should have went to the transfer portal last year and have someone compete. Who cares about Kyle McCord's feelings or the way his dad – you know, apparently his dad's like all up Ryan Day's ass about all of this stuff too. Or Devin Brown, who cares about any of those guys? At the end of the day, you're the head coach of the Ohio State – And you have an obligation to the university and to the fan base to put a winning product on the field and to beat Michigan ultimately. And you are not there to please certain players that you have brought in and promised certain things. Because at the end of the day, if they can't get the job done, it's your job to either coach them to get it done or find someone that can. And that's the thing,
0: dude. Both of us. So Ryan Day knows more about football than either one of us combined. Okay. All day long and twice on Sunday. And he knew all day long that Kyle McCord was going to be exactly what he is.
1: Absolutely. There's no reason he told CJ
0: Stroud not to run last year. So he shouldn't have done Dude, something happened. I still would like to know. But the, the point is he knew, dude, and he thought he could ride it out. I, I just don't understand that, dude. Why would you gamble your career? And and here's, here's the biggest question if you're Ryan Day. Are you willing to gamble it again? Because while I think – that he's got two years left because of the uh, AD and president change. You don't think he does. So here's the point. Doesn't matter which one of us is right. Are you willing to gamble it if you're Ryan Day on another year of Kyle McCord?
1: Uh, hell no. Hell no, you shouldn't. First but of all, we? I can guarantee you this, you this right now. The the I, I Even though there's a potential Kyle McCord could get better. And it very well could happen. I mean, let's use the example of Bo Nix. How awful was Bo Nix for all those years at Auburn? And now there's a very good chance he might even win the damn Heisman this year. He's a ball. I'm not dude. saying it's. I'm not saying it's not impossible. However, a lot of it comes down to the intangible stuff. The reason why I am more of a fan of J.T. Barrett is because of his leadership, the dog in him, the willing to go out there and fight and be tough. And you don't see it from Commackord. He looks like a dog in headlights half the time. He looks like he's half upset, half crying all the time. He never see him get fired up. You never see him get in someone's face. He is not a fiery guy, and I miss that. And we really didn't even have that with Stroud either. Stroud was just an exceptional passer. You know, but really we're missing that. He's also an
0: exceptional runner, but we didn't
1: find that out until Georgia. Yeah. Well, obviously, now that we're seeing who we had behind him, no wonder, like I said, Ryan Day told him to not run. Because God forbid he got hurt, we're gonna to have to put Kyle McCord in last year, and it would have been even worse. I mean, but you know what? Like, so he
0: knew this last year. To be honest, like let's let's backtrack it. Like you know, while he had CJ, he knew what Kyle McCord was gonna be probably. I believe that. Yeah. You know, so like I said, what the hell, dude? why are you gambling your career on m- mediocrity i I just don't understand that and maybe he thought he I'm maybe, maybe he
1: thought he could develop him or maybe in practice he's a different player, but once he gets under the headlight or under the lights in front of the crowd, he, dude, he I would bet he, my he gets mortgage. nervous and melts. I don't know. I would bet my mortgage that right now
0: there is a quarterback in the portal that's not from a major school that's you know from a southern miss or a or I, can already like tell,
1: I can already tell you who it is. The guy that we need to get, in my opinion. I know that they've mentioned something about the Washington State quarterback possibly entering the portal, Duke's quarterback entering the portal, some other options. Daquan Finn from Toledo. Daquan Finn from Toledo. If you remember two years ago when we played, he about torched us up. Uh, Toledo win 11-1 this year. He is a Braxton Miller-ish style quarterback. I know how much that makes you happy. But he's a dual threat, great athlete. <laughs> you can't say that on the air. <laughs> but no. I'm telling you, go go watch Daquan Finn from Toledo's tape.
0: I don't need to. I've watched
1: him. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, we need he... to bring him in. Now, whether or not he gets a starting role doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Bring him in and force that quarterback room to improve and get better. Okay, but these are Ryan Day. Ryan Day should be seeing this. I think – I think this is a Ryan Day issue now that we're seeing it over, uh, you know, a certain time is that he has a specific style of quarterback that he is almost locked in on. He was willing to accept Justin Fields because obviously, you know, we didn't have much in the field, uh, you know, at at Ohio State at that time. But he brought in CJ Stroud. He brought in, you know, Kyle McCord. Dem Brown, like these step more pocket passing style quarterbacks and Daquan Finn, that style of quarterback, or, you know, like if you look at the ones that are potentially going to win the Heisman this year, especially the one from LSU, that's not the style that Ryan day likes, but unfortunately he has to realize this isn't the NFL in college football. You have to have a mobile quarterback and the more mobile they are. I understand there are more injury prone, If but if you can be smart about it, they also can extend plays and make your offense so much more dynamic. Well, let me ask the you the last one, thing quick. I would have called our offense this year was dynamic. We were as far from dynamic as I can remember. No, but let me ask you this: so
0: we all know what we think he should do, okay? We've we've talked about that for you know a few minutes here, but if you had to bet your house, what is he gonna do? If you had to bet your house today on whether or not Kyle McCord's your starting quarterback
1: in in twenty twenty four? Um, would you say yes or no? I'm gonna say no. I really, I really honestly believe that he he gave it a chance. He realized his mistake, and he's not gonna make. Because if there's one thing I can leave Ryan Day credit for is when something isn't going right, he makes a change. He didn't let that defense linger too long before he made a change. So what is your prediction? Do you think it will be a starting
0: freshman like an Aaron Noland or or Lincoln Kynholz that comes in, or do you think it's a transfer portal
1: type situation? So that's an interesting concept, and I want to lead it with this. I think a lot is going to be telling with our bowl game. Now, when we before we finish this episode up, we'll talk about what the possibility is that we can still get in the CFP because if we get in the CFP and the rare chance that we do, Kyle McCord is going to be back out there, and I don't blame him for doing that because who else are we going to go out there that has starting experience? You know, I, I understand you're almost handcuffed at this point. But if we don't get in the CFP and we go to a bowl game, a lot is going to be telling if Ryan Day starts in that game or if he starts Devin Brown or Lincoln kind That right there will be the most telling thing. He's not going to not start. I don't care what game we play. He's common courts going to start. I don't honestly fully believe that yet, but my opinion is barring what he decides to put out in that bowl game if we don't get into the CFP. I'm going to make a bold statement and say that whoever starts at Ohio State next year is not currently in the locker room, which means it will either be a transfer or it will be true freshman Aaron Nolan. That is my prediction. As much as I think Devin Brown is the better option, if Kyle Court is this bad and it was a battle and he still beat out Devin Brown, as much as we want to believe Devin Brown might be the better option, it still may not be good enough. That's what I'm saying. Bye-bye. He, he's still not going to be good enough. That I mean, and that that may be fair. That may be fair. We just don't know. We've not been able to see it. I mean, we said bye-bye to Joe Burrow and didn't think twice about it, and look what happened to that. So we don't know. I'm not saying that Dan well, Brown's yeah, going to be the next was, Joe Burrow, but you have no idea. Yeah, but there's a difference between, you know,
0: an embarrassment of riches, which is why Joe Burrow left, and – I don't know a better analogy, so I'm not going to say it. No, okay, I mean, that's I fair. Me I mean, he was behind
1: Dwayne I... <laughs> Haskins, and Dwayne Haskins set every passing record at Ohio State. Like, I understand. That's a fair that's a fair thing to say that, you know, uh, it's not like, you know, we were taking the lesser of two evils. We just had two really good quarterbacks, and Dwayne Haskins was the one. I get it. But, you know, we don't know until he gets on the field because he could end up being a dog and just play, you know, just a game-changer – and you know there's some guys, and as you've seen, Bo Nix and other people, where you know they start out somewhere else, and all of a sudden they develop, they go somewhere else, and then they're Heisman candidates. I mean, you see it all the time. It's like I swear to God, half the Heisman uh, trophy winners nowadays are transfers from another place. They leave a place, go somewhere else, and then boom, they're a Heisman winner. I mean, you saw it at Oklahoma twice with Kyler Murray and with um, um, Baker Mayfield, and then you saw it with Caleb Williams transferring. And then mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels, potentially at LSU, might win it this year as a transfer. Like Joe Burrow wanted it as take, a
0: transfer. Would you take, uh, you know, all the rumors out there that there's a possibility, and I'm not saying that it is, and I'm not saying that he's great or whatever,
1: but would you welcome Arch Manning to Columbus? Mm. I would welcome him. However, I don't think that's the one you want to go after because I I still feel like, you know, I did follow that kind of closely some of his recruitment and actually watch some of the stuff just because, you know, we, we after Quinn, Ewers left and went back to Texas. You know, I kind of followed along with that a little bit. Um, I don't think arch is as good as people think he is. I don't think, uh, I'm not sure really if Ohio state actually recruited him or not, but I feel like there's better options out there, especially here's the thing. Arch Manning, you're bringing him in, but you're essentially bringing in someone still that has never started in college football. How much is that really going to improve your quarterback room? Bringing in, okay, great, he was a five-star recruit, whatever, but you know he never saw the field at Texas. Okay, great, but how much is that really going to help us if you bring in a transfer? In my opinion, it needs to be a surefire person or at least someone that has experience that has a legitimate chance to win the job. I mean, not I can another, agree with that. N- not another roll the dice and let let's hope it works out. So it's not. I'm not as big on Arch Manning. I, would, I wouldn't say no because I welcome the competition. And, you know, the, the more we can beef up that room, the better. But I'm more thinking transfer product of someone that is a good player that has already played. You know what I'm saying? I got to be honest,
0: dude. I would be shocked if Ryan Day did it. As much as I agree with you, and I think that's the best route to go. And if I'm Ryan Day sitting on, you know, I, I'm not ready to call it a hot seat. But if I'm if I'm in turmoil like Ryan Day is— um, I would be looking for the quick fix, just like he did. You know, when he hired Jim Knowles, um, you know, I would be looking for something to remedy the
1: situation immediately. Um, but I just don't think he's going to, man. Yeah, I, honestly, I believe he will. I think he has to. He's he's shown up to this point. Like I said, I'll give him credit. He's shown up to this point. He he'll make changes where they're missing, and. They've shown that they've brought in players from the portal the last couple of years, especially last year. They they had a better portal year where they brought in Igbenosan and Simmons on the O-line, who ended up being a much better offensive lineman, lineman by the end of the year. Um, Tyron Malone, uh, even though he didn't play much, I mean, he's someone that's probably going to fill in a role in the defensive line next year when we lose some people. Like, you know, I feel like he's not afraid to use the portal. Obviously, he did it with Justin Fields, now- and he didn't. It, it, and he didn't care about who was in the room at that time. I mean, given it was Jack Miller, but, you know, I, I, I feel like he'll hit the me, portal up. If it
0: was me, I'd hate to channel uh, my inner D on here. Uh, but I would sit comic down and say, hey, man, here's the deal. You can stay if you want to. But I'm going to tell you this much right now. I'm going to open it all the way up. And by all the way up means I'm bringing in transfers, means I'm trying out Aaron Nolan with the first team when he gets here, means I'm trying out Keinholtz with the first team when he gets here. And I'm going to tell you this much right now. You're going to work harder for your job next year than you ever have. And you're welcome to stay for that. But
1: if you're not willing to stay for that, then you need to go. 100% agree. 100% agree. And that's what should happen. And that's what, honestly, I'll be honest, if Ryan Day treasures his job and really cares about Ohio State and wants to improve, that's what will happen. So I'll tell you right now, if we do not get a quarterback uh through the transfer portal in this offseason, then I I think that's the beginning of Ryan Day's end, in my opinion. I know two that's years. a bold I'm statement. You, but I think it I, I think it's the beginning of his end. Yeah. I mean, he cannot lose this game again. I mean, I, I at least I feel like he's on a hot seat. I don't think he needs to be fired right now. Uh, you always have to think, okay, yes, you want to be rash. We want to fire him, but you have to think two things. One, when you fire someone, you you know, you, especially at Ohio state, when you're still close to the top, you want to make at least a lateral move, if not an improvement and who out there right now, that's available. Are you confident if you're going to fire Ryan day is going to be a lateral coaching move? Not to mention. Some of these recruits that you've gotten in, you're go, you might screw up an entire recruiting class, and that's why I think we're stuck, dude. Because who are you going to get? Well, absolutely. Who are you I get? mean, well, remember when we went back to that stat where I told you about the true Ohio guys and the guys from the outside? This needs to cut. If we're gonna, if we're gonna get away from day, we've got to get back to the roots of this. Rivalry. Do you know what I do? And I'm. Being it's got to be Mike Vrabel. It's got to be Mike Vrabel, in my opinion.
0: I don't think bottom you can take line, it, but. But I will say this. Here's what I would do. And I think he'd be willing to do it. I would say, here's the deal, Urban. I want to make you the interim head coach until we find somebody. Will you come back and coach him? We'll pay you whatever it is, nine, 10, 12 million dollars a year to coach this team until we find the right guy. Because it's not going to be a two-month search. We need to find an Ohio guy that we feel like is a proven track of winning that can take this thing over. And if it's not Mike Vrabel, like you said, I don't think it's Luke Fickle. I'm sorry to say that. I don't think he's going to win um, in big-time games here in Columbus. But anyway, um, if it's not Vrabel, then who is it? You know what I mean? If he's not interested, who is it? So I would ask him to, t- to be the placeholder.
1: I would. Dude, I honestly love that idea. Um I've never been against Urban coming back. I just didn't think it was possible between the controversy that happened last time he was here, the controversy that happened when he was with Jacksonville, and just how, you know, the, even though I think we both believe Urban's not a bad guy, but you know, he's not like okay with domestic abuse or, you know, neg- or just giving, you know, i I don't think negatively of Urban, but okay, I don't think negatively of Urban, but I think the general feelings about Urban over a national landscape is negative, and Ohio State may not want to accrue that, but let's just think about what just happened in Arkansas this week. If you follow that, Bobby Petrino just took an offensive coordinating job at the same place he got fired from 10 years ago for wrecking his motorcycle and cheating and all this other stuff,
0: but they brought him right back.
1: They brought him right
0: back. What's been Urban's mantra all these years, right, is that he gets too wrapped up in the pressure, too wrapped up in, in, you know, the expectations, and then he ends up failing, right? And he has health conditions on top of that. Whether those are real or not, that's for another day. But the point is that's what happens everywhere he goes. Can you imagine how loose Urban Meyer would be knowing that it doesn't matter? We're hiring you for an interim job. Like we just need you to hold the place so there's no pressure. There's zero pressure. You don't
1: have to. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah, We're but that's but to win that. I,
1: honestly, you know, I agree where you're coming from, but knowing what I think I know from Urban and how he is, he wouldn't be OK with the interim role. He would like, this is my job. Coming back, well, that's I'm fine. not going to be you just know what, if waiting he
0: comes in here in the interim role and, and he, you know, goes undefeated or. Makes the CFP or whatever, and and makes a run attitude, and he says, "I want this job." Then yeah, you give it to him. You yeah. give it to him, but you don't yeah. have to give it to him, and that that's what I think would be the benefit to Ohio State.
1: So can we agree that Ryan Day's on the hot seat? Dude, I don't point? know that I'll
0: call it hot.
1: I don't know. Okay, I don't uh, think it's hot. It, first of all, it would have it's to warm. be hot if if he loses to Michigan next year, is he gone? Maybe. The answer is yes to me. Answer is absolutely yes to me. Can I tell you this? You if, can look, First of all, I, you can't compare Jim Harbaugh for going zero and five in his first five years to yet Michigan retaining because Michigan was hot garbage for the better part of no, twenty years.
0: Dude, I think the entire and they were in a thing, different
1: they were in a different state of mind. And they had saying. their Michigan guy so that was going to rebuild is, this thing.
0: I think the entire the entire situation revolves around the changing of the guard at Ohio State. Um, if I think if Gene Smith was still there and he was planning on being there another five years, yeah, he'd be in trouble. But I think with the change of the guard, it puts a question mark on it, dude. I'm not really sure. How are they going to handle it? We don't know. We know how Gene Smith operates, dude. We've, we've dealt with him for how many years now? We don't know how the new guy operates. We don't
1: know. Or girl, new guy or girl, whoever it could be.
0: Whatever. The point is, dude, potato, potato, hot dog, potato, whatever it is, dude. I'm just saying, you know, we don't know. So I I'm not ready to fully put them on there yet. I'm not ready to put his seat to be hot. I think it's warming up definitely.
1: Um, but no, we, we've 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 switched roles a little bit. I think his seat is hot. Um, I appreciate the fact that he is winning the games that he should, and we continue to have ten, eleven win seasons. But again, you know, it, it really forces you to figure out what your priorities are are your priorities are you know being in a top 10 team every year but failing at the end of the year or is your priority regardless of what the outcome is at least you have bragging rights against michigan and i'll tell you what i don't know anymore i would rather have bragging rights against michigan and not even be ranked not anymore because what's the point of being a top 10 team if you're not even getting gonna get into the playoff or have a chance to win and you still lose to your rival and then have to listen to that shit for an entire year yeah, but I would next rather year, what's beat Michigan. actually listen, my priorities. This these last three years have helped me figure out my priority. Yeah, my priority has now changed. I am no longer worried about a national title.
0: Okay, but I am no longer worried playoff, about the before playoff. Before you go any farther, I'm, I need to put this in. Before you go farther, the fact that we could play them three times next year and the first one not even matter does that change how you feel? The first
1: one absolutely matters because that might be the only one that's actually on campus and the one that's going to feel like a true. It doesn't route. matter, but it may not matter because you play them the next.
0: You could play them the, it you will could absolutely. Them and play in the next week for the title, which means the first game wouldn't mean anything.
1: Dude, that I don't I understand what you're saying. And we had this argument in the past when we talked about the extended playoffs and how we do have the potential of meeting them multiple times. To me at this point, especially since, you know, it's a lot more in perspective now because, yes, we went on that 10 year streak where we hadn't lost and won, you know, you know, only lost two times in 20 years. Basically, you know, it's a different perspective now, man. We haven't tasted here's what I'm saying in four years. I don't care. Hold up. hear me Wait, 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 wait. Let me give it to you, please. Jesus
0: Christ. My God, you're going to give it to me. Yeah. Well, did you mean give us all these guys? It's my turn. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get in here. So hear me out. Say you're undefeated and you play Michigan and they have a loss and you're the top two teams in the Big Ten next year. So it doesn't matter, right? It does not matter. If you lose that game, it doesn't matter because you play Michigan the next week. You play in for the Big Ten championship no matter what happens. Is that game still going to mean that to you?
1: It will for me. I don't know about them. I can understand maybe on a logistics scale and player scale and health scale and coaching scale. I can see how that can change some things, but as a fan, I don't want to lose that game next year at home on our turf. Are you kidding me? What do you mean that the game's not going to mean something next year? They're going to walk into our backyard next year. We may I'm both be undefeated again next year, and I'm you're going to sit there won't. and tell me that game doesn't matter, even I knowing you, we're going to play them the did. next year anyways? Hold on. I didn't give you my opinion. I just asked yours. I'm telling you, every game's going to matter against them. I don't care if we play them three times in a year. If we go two and one, it's going to be a little bit of a fair because we didn't beat them every time. Okay. Well, I just figured I'd ask, dude. Because, listen, let's say you play them three times, right? Let's say – and here's here's the way it goes. Let's say you beat them at home, right? And yeah. then you beat him the next week in the big 10 championship game. But somehow you get matched up against them in the CFP and you lose. Guess what? It was a failure. Cause you still lost him that year and didn't, didn't win the national title.
0: Yeah. But you're missing my point. If you lose to him the first game and then beat him for the big 10 championship
1: and then beat him in the CFP and win the national championship, the first game didn't matter. The first game did matter because it still happened and it was on someone's home turf and there's still bragging rights. Now, I understand where you're coming from, and I think that the op- the, the chance that that's really going to happen is actually going to be a lot more rare than we think. Now that it we're is. including USC, US, uh, UCLA, USC, Washington, Oregon, um, some of these other teams are getting better, I do not think that that's actually going to happen as often as you think, especially since we haven't even talked about what repercussions we're think is going to happen from this whole cheating scandal – uh, once the season's over, because yeah, see, and Michigan's the, team might game. actually be decimated to where this might have been the last legit quality matchup, or at least crucial matchup between these two teams for the next handful of years. For all, well,
0: I know. still think Harbaugh is going to go, and I still think that they have a lot of seniors that are graduating um so here's my point dude and i was going to ask you this earlier but we got sidetracked so even if we do beat michigan next year say we do whatever and we beat michigan next year you know to me it's just not going to feel the same
1: now this this one one was the critical one man this one was the critical one yeah that's why this one even though it was close and sometimes the close losses hurt um to, I'll be perfectly honest, man. Of the last three years, the one that still hurt the worst was last year. That was at our place, that was with CJ Stroud. And even seeing what we did against Georgia in the playoff really made me feel like was somehow the ball was dropped or we got cheated out of it or something. But
0: never, dude. Never. Last year's the most painful Michigan loss. that I've Not ever for had. me.
1: Not for me. This one. 100%, this one, dude. dude, this with one all hurt. The
0: cheating on the line? They cheated you for two years and dodged you for one, and you finally get a chance, dude. I know. But we also we also
1: came we also came
0: into it. And so you mean, see, there with, was no cheating last year. Why was last year more important to you? Last year, I, I'm interested to know. I don't, I, dude. I, last year hurt more. How could me. there be more on last year than there was this year? Last year
1: was more embarrassing. It was at home, and they literally had so many big plays against us. It was a Michigan highlight. Dude, rate. our and it was defense was garbage
0: last year. We weren't expected to win. It was shit last year. We were favored last year. It, how'd that turn out for you? Not great. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> not dude, great. There has never been more on an Ohio State game other than 2006 yes. and 2023.
1: Yes. I mean, I get that. I get that. And I'm I'm not saying I'm not hurt. I'm very hurt this year. I'm very angry this year. I'm depressed this year. But I'm at least a little bit understanding because I understood our shortcomings came in two key spots and it showed. Yeah, it but, showed.
0: It definitely but, showed. but
1: we were at least on the road and the game was respectable to where at least I'm not going to sit here and say that we just got ran up and down the field and it was completely fucking embarrassing. No, that's I not what ask, happened.
0: But I did ask if you ever felt like you were in
1: control and you said, no, no. hell no. No. But then again, I haven't felt in control of this game since twenty nineteen. Yeah, I mean, that's true. So so I well, mean, do we better? Wrap nothing's changed. there. we're.
0: we're... We're way, we're way long on this episode. Listen, this is is
1: a therapy session, dude. You, we're, we're billing by the hour. Dude, Well, well, we racked (laughs) up a hell of a bill. Okay. (laughs) Let's, let's finish with this. So I know we didn't hit on it much and I'm going to be quick, but Ohio State does still have a chance to get into the CFP. I know. And I'll be perfectly honest. Let me, even before I I, I rattle off what it's going to take for that to happen, tell me, if you had the choice legitimately, do you want us to Steven get in the CFP? No. You no, know, the crazy thing is it feels different than last year because I know what we have in offense and I do not feel confident in it. I'd rather just, I'm not, man, as a homer, I want to say yes. I want to say absolutely. I want, I want, you know, everything to align and have a sneak back in and have another chance, but. I don't feel like the team we have this year on offense is one that can actually compete in the CFP. I told you beginning of the season, our defense is good enough this year. We would be in every single game. And that was true. No matter how bad the offense plays. However, winning and being in the game is a different story.
0: But last year we needed one thing to happen in order for us to have a chance to get in this year. We need multiple things to happen, dude. On top of that, dude, I'm not a hundred percent sure that Marv, how far Marv would go beyond this regardless. I'm not sure. Um, and I hate having those questions, man. I do. That's a, but, a different you know, day and, and age, man. And, you know, what they're talking about now, um, you know, have you seen the bowl projections?
1: Uh, Yeah, Orange Bowl against Louisville, if we don't make CFP. God, what a dog. What a dog of a bowl game. To pretty- <laughs> Dude, what, first of all, here's the thing. I understand you might have certain... Uh, conference affiliations that come with these bowls, but you know, let's say Alabama loses their game against Georgia this weekend. Why wouldn't you put Ohio state against Alabama or put Ohio state against the loser of Washington, Oregon, or something that's a little bit more blue blood on blue blood. Who the hell wants to see Ohio state against Louisville? Besides Ohio state fans just wanting to watch their team. I mean, that yeah, I don't know, that's man. pathetic. I and mean, I, I'm assuming Orange Bowl is ACC Big Ten is probably my assumption. But, dude, that's embarrassing. It is. I would it not want to see. You know, it, it's it, just besides so funny, being dude. a Ohio State fan, that, you know that is like, me, that's your reward for fitting. losing six points all Dang. year long. You go unbeaten except for by six points on the road to a top two team in the country. And your reward is playing a
0: Louisville. Dude, it's fitting. It's just like in fucking Lion King, you know what I mean? Where like the dude, you know what I mean? Like they Lion banish King. the guy. Yeah, they banish the guy, like, you know, when he gets banished, he banished to like the shitty part of the jungle. You know what I mean? Like it's he either didn't get like, banished, he
1: ran off. Dude, when's the last time you watched Lion King? I don't know. It was like ninety-two. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you, you need to get you need to get Disney Plus for your kids, apparently. Because is, I've watched di- like, I've watched Lion King like seven times this year. It's either like, hey, like
0: Welcome to the mansion with all the riches and you can shower in jewels or, hey, dude,
1: you're eating McDonald's and you're living in a shanty. OK, <laughs> right <that>. now, <laughs> McDonald's don't sound too bad in a shanty, you know. <laughs> like, all right. So uh, here's how Ohio State can get in. I know where we feel, but here's how they get in. And I, I'm not going to say 100 percent, but a very good chance we get in if this happens. Number one, you have to have Georgia beat Alabama. That's a given. Next one, Michigan, I don't think it's irrelevant what they do. I don't anticipate them losing to Iowa, but I think it's still irrelevant what they do. Next team, number three, Washington. I think your best bet is Washington to go ahead and beat Oregon. That gives Oregon two losses. They're out. If Oregon wins, Oregon's in, in my opinion, and that creates a one-loss Washington, and then it's a toss-up between uh, Washington and Ohio State. But I think they would favor Ohio State because they have in the rankings for the entirety of the season so far when they – had the same ske- the 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 same record. So really I'm not seeing the Pac twelve be as big of a deal, but number one, you for sure have to have Georgia beat Alabama.
0: What you about have to
1: have, you have to have Louisville beat Florida State, which I think that might be the most probable just because Louisville, even though they do have that one uh those last couple losses, um they at least um have potential because Jordan Travis is out for Florida State, and Florida State did not look good this past weekend against Florida. You no, know what about uh, Texas? Yes, that's the next one. Texas cannot win either. You need Oklahoma State to beat Texas, which I do not anticipate happening either. No. Because a one-loss Texas, even though they're ranked behind Ohio State right now, you give them that extra game and winning the Big 12, they're going to jump Ohio State. And you're going to have that funny argument between Alabama and Ohio and uh, Texas if both those teams win. I mean, that's a different scenario. So we're talking Ohio State getting in. It's got to be Georgia wins. It's got to be Louisville wins. And it's got to be Oklahoma State wins. If those three things happen, I think Ohio State gets in, regardless of what happens in the Pac-12. Which,
0: Let me ask you this. Of of those three things, rank them. What do you think is most likely to happen?
1: Most likely to happen? um one through three most likely is probably georgia beat alabama and a close second is i do think louisville can upset florida state i almost feel like that might actually happen but i don't see any way that oklahoma state State beats texas i just i don't see that happening
0: dude i'm gonna tell you something right now take it as a hot take dude you're talking about alabama and georgia you're talking about nick saban bud And they've started to improve all year long. I'm just saying I don't think it's going to happen, but I
1: improve all year long, like having to having to having to like convert a fourth and 31 at the end of the game against a horrible Auburn team. I'm sorry. I'm
0: just telling you, dude, it's Nick. Alabama
1: just I understand that. And I'm not going to say it's not going to be a good game. But I don't see Georgia losing that game. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying,
0: if I had to pick one that was more obvious, it's
1: because I believe in Nick Saban. He's done it before. Well, if we want to finally, you know, in the last year of the four teams getting in, we want some chaos to happen. I want to see Florida State win, Alabama win, Texas win, and Washington win. That is going to give you an unbeaten Michigan, an unbeaten Washington, an unbeaten um uh Florida an unbeaten State. Florida State, and that's going to give you a one-loss Georgia, a one-loss Alabama conference winner and a one-loss Texas conference winner who has the head to head against Alabama. And tell me, what the committee's going to do? Are they going to leave out both Alabama and Georgia out of the uh out of the CFP? And guess what? That one might be the most likely to happen of the scenario I gave you to, to, for Ohio State to get in. That one doomsday is actually more likely to happen. I'd how exciting would it. that be,
0: dude? In the last year of this shit, because I mean, there's obviously, I mean, it's got it's not the last year, okay? We're we're gonna be arguing about it. Doesn't matter how many they put in, we're gonna be arguing about the first two or three out. But to at least have that a little bit of drama go on in last year, dude, I think would be great because to be honest, dude, the CFP
1: has not had a great deal of drama in its entirety since it started. Now you've pretty much known the four teams who they were going to be, maybe with the exception of the first year, Ohio state snuck in from the sixth spot and maybe a four seed barely sneaking in. But for the most part, you know who it's going to be. It almost always works itself out. I would love to see three unbeatens and they have to choose the last spot between a one-loss Alabama, a one-loss Georgia, and a one-loss Texas, guess who's for sure not getting in in that in that scenario? Georgia. Yeah, probably Georgia for sure not, not getting in. in. Um,
0: you'd have to put Texas in,
1: wouldn't you? But I, to me, if they you, have a head. But ahead. if you put Texas against Alabama right now, don't you think Alabama would probably win that game because Alabama's kind of molded into the better team and Texas kind of petered off a little. Maybe, but to me, dude, but and you, you know have more to. of a you, resume guy, absolutely. and I'm just, just going to tell you this, dude.
0: There is no better indication than head-to-head
1: to me. Wouldn't it be great in the last four, the last you know season of the four, that not a single SEC team gets in, and, and then they have two SEC teams with one loss? Yeah, and right. And has one loss, Georgia has one loss, and neither one of them get in. I would love it. Can you have, can you have happen. Armageddon happening in the Southeastern Conference? If that it never happened, happened, dude. What would ESPN write about? ESPN would – Some someone's going to I, – I. you know what? I'm sorry. That's what I'm reading to happen. I don't care if I say State gets in the CFP or not. I want to see exactly that happen. I want to see Alabama win. I want to see Texas win. I want to see Florida State win. Nice.
0: All right, man. Well, let's wrap this up. But uh, before we do, let me talk about our sponsor, www.additionalflavors.com. Um, if you haven't had a chance, go check them out. Uh, they do spices. They do rubs. They do all kind of different stuff for your baking and cooking needs. Um, and to be honest with you, you know, a lot of you out there have some wives making some cooking that could possibly use a little seasoning. So if you could uh, go to www.additionalflavors.com, check them out. And, uh, yeah, we're we're going to have Craig here on an episode coming up soon. Um, we just been so busy with everything, you know, so as soon as we get a chance, we're going to have them on.
1: So look forward to that. All right. Um. So our next episode uh will probably be after championship weekend and after the final reveal. And we will probably break down the CFP and then talk about what the bowl game will be that Ohio State will be going in. Yeah, the that, be- will probably be once a week. Yeah, uh, yeah, the going format's going to change a little. Um, I will at least tell you this because uh, we didn't mention it. Our prop bets, if you go into the website dtipodcast.com, uh, you will see that Chad has now have now has a two point lead on me. Hold on, that's um, that's called a commanding lead. Let's call it commanding. It, it kind of is. However, <laughs> however, a three can still beat you at the buzzer. So we officially, because, I mean, assuming Ohio State doesn't get in the CFP, there's one game left, which means we have one last game with three possible prop bet points to win. So whatever the bowl game may be, assuming we don't get in the CFP, if I sweep the prop bets in that, I win for the season. If Chad wins any of the three prop bets in that game, he will win the season. So it is going to come down to the last game. Now, if we get in the CFP, there's potential for two games. Uh, but either way, we agreed we will continue to do the prop bets for every single game Ohio State plays this season. So that's still on the line. Be on the lookout for that. Um, But, you know, I don't know about you. Uh, not that I'm excited at all about it, but it will kind of be nice a little bit to actually kind of sit back and watch some college football this upcoming weekend, knowing there's no stake in the game and just try to take it unbiasedly. Because, like I said, I don't really care what happens. I would like to see chaos. So I'm going to kind of root for chaos this weekend. Um, but uh, we will definitely record an episode next week. So be on the lookout next week for an episode once we finally figure out who the Final Four is, what bowl game Ohio State will be in, and whatever relevant topics we feel like we need to discuss leading up to that bowl game. My so, pick again, is I just want to
0: make that right now.
1: My so you're gonna Oregon. do an early? Yeah, I'm gonna wait till the final four comes out because hell, Oregon might not even be in the final four. Do oh, I think they? Do I, I think one. they will beat Washington? Yes, but Washington could come out of nowhere and beat them a second time. I mean, if My you pick really look, Oregon. that's it. That's it. Eh, I'm not gonna get into <laughs> it. We'll we'll talk about it later. I, I I'm not completely disagree with you. I think top to bottom they might be the best overall team, but you still going to line them up and play them, and yep. they're in a must win situation. So we'll see what happens, but. Uh, if you haven't gotten to it already, like I said, go to our website dtipodcast.com. You can listen to our episodes, past episodes, uh, as well as our prop bets, pictures, um, links to other things, our sponsors, all on there. So check that out. We also have our Facebook fan page and our uh, Twitter, or it's now called X. Uh, again, it's dotting the i with Davis and Chad. So give us a look out on there. Um, we appreciate everyone for listening. Sorry for the long episode, but you know this was a therapy session for not only everyone listening, but for me and Chad as well just an opportunity to try to kind of, you know, get some things off our chest. Uh obviously super disappointed, but you know, hopefully, you know, we get an opportunity to uh have another crack at, at something in the future. Um if anything, we just hope Michigan drops the ball again in the playoffs and I hope they get beat by 100, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, guys. But we appreciate everyone listening and thanks for everything and go Bucks. OH. H.